Welcome to episode 31 of the Scout Trailblazers podcast. And this week I have a very special guest, and that's the creator of Action Tank, Mr. Mike Barry. How you doing, Mike? I'm good, Wayne. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's good to talk with you. I love the the book, by the way. I had a chance to work a little bit with it for the American version of it. Now, this started out in Australia, right? It's it's a pretty big hit over there. Uh, yeah, well, I live in Sydney, Australia. And um, yeah, I, I created this book and um, crowdfunded it and self-published it originally. So I had a bunch of boxes of it in my spare bedroom. And um, yeah, I started distributing it. I, I mean, originally, I just made it really, so that my own kids would have a good comic to read, I thought. Uh, but then by the time I'd printed, you know, a thousand of them, I was like, well, I might as well try and sell them. So, <laughs> yeah, so I started uh, driving to bookshops and comic shops and, you know, going to conventions and just trying to get the book out there. And, um, yeah, it's been great. It's been it got a really good response from uh, a lot of the kids um, in Australia. So, uh, yeah, very exciting. Uh, yeah, on your website, which is actiontankcomic.com, it says it's Mike Berry's amazing graphic novel series for amazing kids. And I'll read a little more what it says in the previews world. It's a, a little longer. It says a young boy wakes up to find himself on the other side of the solar system. If he wants to get home on time for his mom's spaghetti carbonara, he must rely on his brains, his courage, and the advice of a mysterious talking unicorn guy. As the epic journey unfolds, the boy discovers he's been drafted into the intergalactic space trooper squadron and that he now controls the most powerful piece of technology in the universe, the action tank. (laughs) So uh, I don't think we ever see the name of the boy. At least I haven't so far. Do we have a name for him? Uh, No, he's called the boy. Uh, He does have a name, but uh, I think think my original idea was um, that – just, you know, it, it's kind of, I, I think where the idea of, for the book actually came from was, um, you know, my first son, probably the first four or five years of my first son's life, um, I would have to read him six or seven bedtime stories every just to get him to go to sleep. Like he just loved, he just loved having stories read to him. And so when you read, when you read kids stories over and over like that, um, firstly, you start to realize what, uh, what kind of stories I, I, I realized what kind of stories he liked, but also I realized the kind of stories that I liked reading <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and which ones I never wanted to read again. And so I would hide them under the mattress or something. <laughs> but, but also, you know, it's hard, it's hard to avoid. You just end up seeing, starting to see the world a bit more through, through his eyes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I started to think it would be really cool to have a book that, um, you know, you could, if you were the child either having it read to you or reading it yourself, you mm-hmm. know, how do I remove all the barriers to you imagining that you are the hero of this story? So mm-hmm. um, I think just by keeping him as the boy, it sort of keeps it a bit more open. It allows you to kind of fill in the blanks a bit if you're reading it, you know, um, mm-hmm. sort of really trying to make it almost like he's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. As I was mentioning, you're the creator, you're the writer, and the artist of this book. So this is completely your thing. You did the lettering too. Yes, that's right. Yep. Wow. Okay. When did you actually start on this project first? Uh, I I started on it. I think in 2016. 
um, when I was on holidays with my family and I just started um, sketching in this little book and then uh, it just kept growing and growing and um, and then kind of <laughs> every family holiday we went on, I would then keep working on it. So I'd have these giant gaps in the middle um, and, and I found if I kept coming back to it and I was still interested, then I would just keep going. And so eventually I had like a, a hundred page sketchbook with a, a tiny little version of this graphic novel in it. And then I thought, um, and I thought, well, I could, I could maybe actually execute this. So I, I started, um, the process of actually drawing it at full size and then coloring it and lettering it. And, you know, I learned a lot about comic publishing along the way, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, really so- cool. It's, yeah. it's a great book. I, I enjoy it because it is, you know, it's got the name act, action in, involved, <laughs> which I like because a lot of times, you know, uh, comic books these days will have a lot of talking. Happening. Yeah, talking tanks didn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> yeah. And and some of the, the – there is some talking. I mean, he talks with the, the unicorn guy, as you call him, and the uh, – and I think there are probably other folks that he gets to talk with along the way. But – it's mostly action and, and there's problem solving too, which I really like. Uh, but yeah. I, first of all, I've I got to ask you though, as far as drawing the boy, is your son the, the basis for, for what the boy looks like? Or is there another, uh, where did the, 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 the figure of the boy come from how, how, that he looks like? Yeah, it's, it's based a little bit on him. I mean, I think I realized as I started going along that I couldn't, I couldn't say it was him. Because, um, you know, I, I wanted a character that could go through the full range of experiences. So I wanted a character that could be scared or that could make mistakes or that could stuff up or that could then come out and, you know, do something really brave. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to assign that to my son necessarily. <laughs> um, and, and so um, it, it looks a bit like him. It's certainly got a lot of his spirit in it. Um, but I think as he's grown, he looks less and less like that now. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Wow. It's ages seven to ten, is my understanding, right? Uh, probably 12. seven to twelve. Yeah. Seven, seven so 12. that whole that whole sort of middle grade um, age group, I think, seems to respond pretty well to it. Because yeah, when you start taking this on, you picked the perfect time to do it. Because <laughs> here in the states, there are. Um, like all ages sections in like uh, Target stores and Walmarts, they have books that are specifically for, you know, kids this age. And I, I just, you know, it's so interesting to see because you often find adults going in there and shopping. And you always yeah, wonder, yeah. Do, do they have a child or is it for them? Or <laughs> Well, yeah, I have to admit, I, um, I was writing this as much for me as I was for him, you know, um, I think in my head I was trying to take that that Pixar approach where um, or, you know, even back in the early days of The Simpsons where it's kind of like seems like it's for kids but, it, you know, there's also a bit in there for, for grown-ups too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's the thing as well. Kids don't want to feel like they're, they're, they're reading something for kids necessarily. They want to feel like they're reaching a bit beyond their age group. Like it's kind of cooler to be playing with the big kids or, um, you know, wearing clothes that older kids wear, that sort of thing. So I definitely didn't want to write down to the kids. I wanted to actually kind of in some ways make the reader rise to the challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, That's great because, you know, there's a lot of books like this 
I always, if, if I ever dive into them, I always feel like they're talking down to, to somebody. And I, I hate that. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you don't do that. It's really clear that uh, you are talking on the, like on an equal level. Yeah, well, it actually also goes to that point of, you know, <laughs> having been a parent who's had to read the same story 25 times a night sometimes, <laughs> um, you know, just showing some mercy to the parents and so something that they can enjoy as well, hopefully over and over. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's de- that was definitely in my list of goals. Because yeah. what's fun is, is, you know, he's, as we've said, he wakes up on a planet you know, he's on the ground and I'll read a little bit of the book. It says, once upon a time, there was a boy who opened his eyes and noticed something. It says he was lost. This was not Hillcrest Lane. These were not his clothes. And this was definitely not his cat, which is, you know, you don't let him sit there very long. (laughs) There's something to do. Exactly. Yeah. I kind of wanted, um, I kind of wanted every page turn to be a cliffhanger, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. um, you just have to keep going. I mean, I sort of, I've always thought of comics as like um, basically moments and momentum. So, you know, each panel is like a moment, but um, the momentum is what happens when you go from panel to panel. And so I think the big, the big point of momentum you need in every, on every page is that page turn. So that what's going to make you keep turning the page, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And I think I think particularly with um, yeah with the with this book, you, you sort of burn through it pretty fast because you um, you don't have a lot of time to linger. There's a lot of movement and a lot of um, you know, big double page splashes and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, there's you know there there are puzzles that you present along the way. Like for example, the first one that comes to me is when he meets the unicorn guy, and there's on the top it says the boy had a lot of questions for this guy, <laughs> and you list all the questions, which was great because you know kids and adults and stuff they're gonna when they see the unicorn guy and what's going on, they're going to sit there and say. You know, he's got, they've got these questions. You've got literally like six, seven questions to, that he asks or he wants to ask. And so I, I, that's a great way to engage the reader, I think, to do that. Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, they were the questions I had when I, you know, <laughs> as I was drawing this, I literally wasn't planning too far ahead. And I, you know, but I wanted each page to be a bit of a reveal. So when you turn over and it's, you know, it's this unicorn with four horns and an eye patch and, you know, like there are a lot of questions. And so I just kind of wanted to acknowledge that immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so I, I think things like that, I mean, that the puzzle solving aspect um, sort of to me was uh, a big part of um, putting this book together because it's not just like real puzzles, but even, um, you know, I've, re- I've always really enjoyed maybe I, I catch an episode of a show or I, I pick up a comic that's, you know, issue – 630 or something and this sense that there is a whole world that i've entered and i actually just have to kind of catch up um sort of makes me feel like um it makes me feel like i'm smart enough to catch up if i can you know and it's and that's a good that's a good feeling to feel like um i've worked something out already you know mm-hmm. and i mean it's, it's kind of like life isn't it like you just you're always you're always arriving late to every situation in life, and you got to you got to catch up. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it's very true. So many times we enter someplace, and then the moment we get someplace, we have to look around and assess the situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's gone. It's very good. I I got to read to get people a flavor of the book 
There's a wonderful description. There's a double-page spread that has the title Action Tank on it. And there's a nice little description in there. It says, a fantastic, drastic, intergalactic adventure about getting home for dinner. <laughs> I love that, t- that description. I think it's so good. It's just, it's perfect. Uh, I love the fact when I, and I was looking at your Kickstarter that you did. Um, and you, there's a video where you talk about the book and you talk about how people are going to like the, the carbonara and, and how important that is to get home for dinner and stuff like that. It's lots and lots of, of fun with that. I, I'm interested in the, in the art side of things as far as the, we find out pretty quickly that the action tank is the armor that he's wearing when he wakes up. How did you design the armor? Where did that come from? Hmm. Well, I think it's, <laughs> I actually haven't thought about it that much, but I, I think it's probably a melting pot of every cartoon I've ever watched. Um, hmm. And, you know, that combined with the fact that I have to draw it over and over again. So, you know, I was really going for, I guess, some cool gear, but mm-hmm. um, something that was also kind of simple and a bit more iconic, you know, not mm-hmm. too many details, um, something that's just a few simple colors and a few simple shapes. But, you know, I mean, you think about the best sort of superhero outfits and that's kind of the principle behind those, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. of an outfit outfit like the Flash, you know, which is all red, just the little, the little lightning bolts and the little symbol, like stuff like that to me is really, really cool and sticks in your mind. Mm-hmm. Dynamic, yeah, yeah. That, that's the one thing I love about the uniform is that he is. It, it looks like armor mm. uh, right away. I mean, you know, he's got boots that that come into play as he goes along. The gloves. He's got a shield. He's got like a like headgear on, which yep. I thought was kind of good. It looks very much like uh, it almost has a feel of athletic gear. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess I want it to be something that. Um, a kid could actually wear, um, but also a little bit fantastical, you know. And mm-hmm. and I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but the, as the series continues, um, you know, his uh, his outfit is going to evolve. You know, there's um, there's some of those principles of like gaming theory where you know it's about finding gear and upgrading and leveling up and all of that stuff. So, um, you know, I wanted something that was particularly in this first book that was a good base uniform that you could then build on and continue to upgrade. Right away, we also find out about the unicorn guy. Yep. Which was a lot of fun. There's, I have to, the, the flavor of the words is so much fun. I have to, I have to read the one little section. It says, they had a long walk ahead of them, but it gave the mysterious talking unicorn guy a chance to tell the boy a little about himself. And we see the unicorn guy, you know, he's looking up at him. So we get that perspective. He says, name's Rex. And underneath it says, very little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't give a lot away, that guy, does he? <laughs> I, it was so much fun. I, I get a huge kick out of the fact of that. And then I also enjoy, because I read the early, tell you how long I've been reading comics, the early Justice League of America's Gardner Fox would teach science. Right in the middle of it, you know, he had they, they went to the micro world and they talked about the what were the the important elements, yeah, and stuff like that, yeah, and all yeah. these things and, and and space and and all this stuff and and they would give you you know mental challenges and stuff like that. In the same page where he's talking about himself, he talks about the solar system, hmm. and you teach a little bit about the solar system, which I, I you know I thought that's great for kids to know. I, I when I saw that. That was a perfect time for him to kind of explain a little bit as to 
you know, what's going on in the solar system and kind of where he is in relation to everything. Yeah, well, that was that was actually one of the first thoughts I had about this story. I was at my friend's house and I was uh, we were sitting in the backyard at night having a barbecue and I just looked up through his son's bedroom window up on the top floor and I could see on the roof he had the solar system mapped out. And I just thought that would be like, it's just so awesome lying in bed, looking at the solar system, like just the scale of it and the possibility of it. And I just thought I really need that image in my book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very yeah. cool. And of course, when they're walking along, you get a chance to talk about the, di- show their dialogue, which is fun. Uh, he's always saying the, the unicorn guy whose name is Rex. Yeah. You always get a kick out of that. He's always saying, keep up cadet. <laughs> which I yeah. Like. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, I, I really enjoy the idea that um, the boy is very young. He has no idea what's going on, but um, the, you know, Rex sort of expects him to keep up, expects him to work it out, you know, and kind of in some ways believes in his capability, you know, without having to say that, but just by he doesn't he doesn't speak down to the boy as much as I try not to write down, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and as they go along, they run into other puzzles. He gets into a, a thing where that has to do with shapes, and he has to kind of put things together at one place. And then, you know, all different kinds of things go on that the uniform really comes in, in handy to deal with. And I don't want to spoil any of that because it's, <laughs> it's lots of fun the way that you do it. And I have to say that the, the artwork really does shine. I said, I always judge artwork by facial expressions and by action sequences and i think both of those are really good i think the boy's face is in particular is something really a great accomplishment because you draw it rather simply and yet you get all the profound emotions that he's feeling in there that's why i I was asking whether it it was based on your son or not because we get a strong sense of 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 personhood with that and i just wondered if that's where you based it on because his face, even though it's, like I said, simple, it's still really strong and you get a really good sense of the emotions. Wonderful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I I think, you know, over the course of drawing so many pages, I think I worked out, it's basically um, all you really need is eyebrows, (laughs) eyebrows and mouth shape does most of the work for expressions. And I think, um, you know, if you watch any sort of, you know, watch an Astro Boy cartoon or any of the manga shows, you know, they're kind of relying on, yeah, two or three little elements to give you an expression. And I, and that was actually a great discovery for me as I went through this because uh, probably in the past I've, I've done illustration that's a bit more, like, heavily detailed than what I've done mm-hmm. here. But mm-hmm. um, I've started to now really embrace, you know, trying to go for that simple, more iconic um, design style. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think it actually really helps with things like facial expressions. Mm-hmm. And also eyes. Mm. Uh, there's, when he looks at things, he's got great big eyes. I, I always think of the Garfield strip uh, <laughs> when it comes to eyes. Because initially he had wide open eyes I, when I saw some early concepts that uh, Jim Davis did for that. And, but then when he gets in the book, his eyes are always kind of half open. That makes it when he's surprised and his eyes open wide we get the full effect and that happens here too when he's looking at things and stuff like that if he's surprised his eyes open really wide yeah yeah we really get the sense of what he's feeling i really like that oh thank you thank you 
It's really strong because I, you know, I, I, it's such an important thing to get that right so that we can understand it. And you do a good job of describing it as well, but we also want to get a sense of looking at it, knowing what he's feeling and thinking in particular. I think that is just really well done. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, I definitely rely on color a lot. I mean, to help express the mood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you may, yeah, I don't know how many readers notice, but as you, as you move through the book, like the, you virtually go through the entire color spectrum, even though he's in the same place technically. And it's kind of meant to be about, um, expressing what he's feeling a bit as much as, you know, trying to make it visually interesting. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Uh, now, the, and I talked about action sequences when he runs, he runs like I expect a young boy to. He, there's no holding back. His legs are wide apart when he's running. And I, I always get a strong sense like, wow. Because, you know, I, I watch television programs and people kind of trot, you know. Yeah. They, they probably have to do it 10, 20 times and they're not going to really, you know, exhaust themselves. By, so they trot. This boy does not trot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, love the, I love the idea that he's trying to sprint to get home for dinner, but he's, you know, he's still on the other side of the solar system. So, it's <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, he's moving really fast, but he's got so far to go. Mm-hmm. Really, really so well done. I really like the, the the choice of the colors and all the things. And, and, and there are parts I'm surprised when there's a puzzle that shows up. Mm. Something happens, like you're going to explain something. For example, the action tank. We do get some uh, description of what's going on with the uniform. Uh, the the uh, the armor and I really you know when it happens I'm a little surprised and then we get back to the story so I thought well that must be the end of the story and it's not mm. and see that that's one great thing I think for younger readers they're going to want to be surprised and they're going to want to have things develop and move forward and in this first volume you do a lot of that which I really like. Uh, you know, you talk about the armor. The armor itself even evolves as yeah. we go through, which yeah, is great well, I, to see. I think um, my memory of ki- of comics growing up was loving that sense of surprise, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it sort of goes back to what I was talking about with, like, I want every page turn to have some kind of surprise on it. And I think, um, yeah, some of the stuff you're talking about there um, are some of the biggest surprises probably that are built into the book. Like you think it's over and then it's not over and then, you you know, all sorts of things like that, just playing with the format a bit, you know, something that hopefully a lot of kids haven't seen before. Now, there's like 50 pages in the first volume. Uh, well, technically it's 100 pages. It's 50 double pages. Yeah. Okay, so, um, gotcha. Yeah, so there's 100 pages, yep. Yeah, and it moves like lightning. I mean, I just, I, you know, it's what they call a page turner. I go, I'm, I'm literally going turning and turning because I got to see what's going to happen next, which is really good. So, you know, you did the first volume, and now you've got a second volume that's out too, right? Yeah, so I've uh, I've written and illustrated um, a second volume here in Australia as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the first volume is 100 pages. The second volume is 256 pages. So that was... Uh, I got a bit more ambitious with that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and I'm currently working on the third volume now. Um, oh, wow. But I think uh, – so all, all of that's kind of out of my spare bedroom at home. But, um, you know, now that I'm working with Scout, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we've got the, we've got the 28 uh, 32-page issue one coming out in August and then the full volume one is out in December. Mm-hmm. Um, and then – the next volume will come out next year sometime. So 
Uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited to be ahead of deadline for a change. It, it never feels like that, but now I, uh, now I feel like I'm finally ahead of my deadlines. <laughs> well, good, good. Well, that, that's, that's a nice accomplishment, I have to say. <laughs> now, if you want to order the first volume, uh, it's in the previews world for Diamond. It has order number of JUN from June 211762. And if you go to your local comic shop, be sure to give them that number if they order through Diamond so that you can make sure that you get it. Now, if you, by the way, if, if you don't find it at your show store for some reason, you can always go to scoutcomics.com. There's a store there and they'll have copies, I'm sure, there to do about it so and uh, there's all kinds of great things i think going to happen with this book it's so engaging and it's so um it, it, it the imagination and adventure and action like it says action tank there's <laughs> all the stuff that just happens and you can't take your eyes off at least i couldn't and i'm not a kid i haven't been a kid for a long time but for me this is just like some gripping storytelling and I, i'm dying to see the second volume that's what i really want to see in that now a third boy this is going to be a, a nice a nice set of you know parents are going to be able to sit down at night and be able to tell a good long story and that'll, that'll help kids uh fall asleep you know they're they're engaged with their attention things are going on so their attention that all that is 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 working and i think that'll help you know kids fall asleep i i, I think people are going to want to read it aren't trying to fall asleep <laughs> yeah well yeah look i've definitely noticed you know that age group between sort of seven and twelve that the younger kids have it read to them but i think it's also uh, a pretty satisfying read for the older kids uh, to mm -hmm. do themselves and so i think um in that way i'm really happy with how it's turning out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now I, I get a kick about you know the book has lots of wonderful little bits and as i've been reading some of them there's a about the author section that I really enjoyed. It, it, oh, yeah. I got to read this little thing because there's, there's part of it that's really funny. It says, uh, Mike Berry tells stories all the time. He writes down a few of them and draws even fewer, which makes this book in your hand a rare and special thing. <laughs> I love that. He hopes oh, you love it you. because he loved making it. I think that's a, a wonderful thing. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, well, I, uh, I've got two boys, and so I feel like I'm just telling stories 24-7 just to keep things going around here. Um, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if you know about C.S. Lewis. Yeah, he I know. had he had uh, in World War Two. They he lived outside of London, and so what they did was the younger children to keep them safe from the bombings and stuff. They sent them to his place, and the one thing that he, he kept saying, yeah, that the, the kids kept telling him all the time, "What are we going to do now?" Mm -hmm. Is what he was there, and so he ended up writing the books called the Chronicles of Narnia. Yep, because. He started describing, and of course, he was describing Christianity. Yeah, uh, part of it, and that's where the Chronicles of Narnia. Which, if you haven't read them, those are great books too. Oh, yeah, I've read uh, those. I've read those. Love them. Really good stuff. And this this book too is very much like that in the tone and in the adventure and the excitement and getting through it. I, I just I expect big things out of this book. I really do. I think that, like I said, I think uh, the age group's going to really like it, but I think adults even are going to enjoy seeing it. I think that the artwork is really, like I said, it's, it's simple, but it's dynamic and strong. And I think that the storytelling all works together so perfectly. You now you use the double page spread format real well. Um, it, it goes back and forth between that and single pages, but it's just something when you turn the page, you're not exactly sure what you're going to get on the next page. And that makes it fun to read. I think it's just a wonderful book. Oh, thank you, Wayne. Yeah, well, I worked really hard on everything you've just said there, so <laughs> I really appreciate you noticing it. 
it's, it's so strong and so good. And I just, you know, I, I, I hopefully at some point you're going to get to come to the States. Now the conventions are starting back up again. Oh, I'd love Either that. that or we're going to have to go to Australia to see you over there and uh, get a <laughs> chance to talk with you and, you know, in person about all these wonderful books. Are there other books that you're working on? Cause I'm sure this keeps you busy, especially with the family and stuff like that. Are, do you, are you working on other projects as well? Uh, yeah, I have, I have a few other projects in various stages of development. I think, um, this is really my focus at the moment. Um, but you know, it is helpful to have other ideas because you can, you know, um, even a, even a concept as fun as action tank, you can still, you still need a break from it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm working on a few other things, probably, probably nothing that's going to, um, see the light of day for a little while yet. Um, I think because I do everything on Action Tank, it, it can be quite time-consuming. Um, but I want to make sure, you know, I've got new ideas bubbling so that um, when I have time or when I need to take a little break, I can sort of get working on that. It's, you remind me of David Peterson, who does Mouse Guard. Right. He does, he does everything on Mouse Guard. And every once in a while, he told me uh, when I interviewed him, every once in a while, he does an, a podcast or an interview just so people know he hasn't died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, Which that makes a sense. funny way I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I kind of thought you might because when he, he does everything in the book too. He draws it, he, he writes it, he draws it, he letters it, colors it, and oftentimes, if you look, you'll see. Uh, uh, sometimes he's doing like a coloring thing, yeah. and you can go and watch him do it online and stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure you <laughs> you get that kind of stuff because uh, <laughs> you know you're busy, and maybe people won't see you for a while, and they kind of wonder, well, what happened? Yeah. But, uh, well, you're, I do. I do like it. collaborating. I mean, I love collaborating in my in the rest of my work life. I've generally done a lot of collaborative, creative work. Um, mm-hmm. I think this this is my first real serious attempt at making comics. So I, um, I mean, I've made lots of stuff in the past, but this is my first one that I intended to go to a bigger audience. And so um, I just really went crazy on the control freak aspects of it. I think, but um, you know, I'm definitely interested in more collaborative projects in the future because I think. Um, you know, I love, you just have a very different experience, you know. Um, it, if I'm just writing and then I see what an artist can do, that like that's pretty exciting. Um, mm-hmm. On the other hand, I've also done art for people who have written scripts and, you know, that's exciting too, sort of interpreting what they've done. So, um, yeah, I just I love any, any, any excuse to make comics really and, and any process to do it. Uh. <laughs> well, it's, this one is a, a real accomplishment, a real terrific book, I have to say. And, uh, you know, it's some people say all ages, and I that, that's kind of a put down sometimes. But this one, this is, I think, an all ages book in the best way. Oh, thank and you. It's yeah, I mean, so I, good. It's funny. I, I generally don't use that term all ages because I think it, it makes it sound like it's, if it's for everyone, it's kind of for no one, you know. But, mm-hmm. um, my, my first audience is definitely that seven to twelve year old, but um, never have I forgotten that the parents that have to be part of it, <laughs> and so they they need to have something they can relate to in here at least. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I, I I really love it. Of course, I want to see the, the number two and number three when they come. I'm anxious to read those as well. Oh, well maybe um, I'll if, maybe I'll uh, send you a little sneak preview sometime. Oh, that would be lovely. I'd love that. That would be excellent. Now, if people want to follow you on social media, how do they do that? Uh, yeah, well, you can go to um, my website, which is actiontankcomic.com, and um, you can find me through there, but you can also find me on Twitter at 
Mike underscore Barry, or on Instagram at Mike Barry was here. And that's Barry with an A, none of that. That's e. right. Yes. You got to navigate my Australian accent. <laughs> no, I love accents. I, I have always enjoyed them. I, I one time worked near uh, Disney World, and, and this guy came in with an, a beautiful Irish accent. Oh, yeah. And, he was, and I said to him, I had to compliment him on how wonderful it was because he was from that country. And he said to me, they're trying to make me get rid of it. And I said, <laughs> I said, Why? no, no, he worked at Disney and they wanted everybody to, he wanted everybody to sound like Americans. And I said, don't do that. Don't let them do that to you. It's beautiful. I said, just keep that going. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's nice to hear a little variety in the way people say things. So I think well, I have to say your, your accent's fantastic. I, um, having only really spoken to you on email before, I'm like, this is, yeah, man, I could, uh, if you, if you don't mind recording yourself, just writing things, like just reading things, I'll, I'll play it to myself when I go to sleep. It's so soothing. <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story. I was in college and a guy had come from Eastern Europe and he was trying to learn um, English. And what he had me do was I read to a tape recorder stories for him so he could watch it as I said it, how I said that so he could learn how to speak like an American. Wow. And a couple of years later, I ran into him, but not only did he learn how to say the words, he picked up my inflections and how I say things. And when he, it was like talking to me. And I said, I said to him, I said, I have done something terrible to you. (laughs) You sound just like me. (laughs) And I, well, that's okay. It sounds American. He goes, you're very happy with it. But it's great. Ever since then, if I, if somebody wants me to read stuff, what I'll I'll do is I'll try to take out all that and make it more generic. So it doesn't have my way of speaking. So they don't pick that up too. So if I ever do that, I'm I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to do something like that to somebody ever again. Right. Well, Mike, it's wonderful to talk with you, and I just can't wait for Action Tank to get over here in, in America and for people to read it. I think it's going to be a big hit. I think people are going to really enjoy it because it, it has so many good elements to it. The storytelling is really strong on every level, and I think yeah, people need to look out for Action Tank. Be sure to order it because I think it's going to be something you're going to want to have. Thank you, Wayne. Thanks for, thanks for chatting. Thanks for chatting.